which means it's the perfect time to find the truck for you and make it your own. Make your Silverado bolder with a sport bar and bed liner. Make your Colorado brighter with perimeter bed lighting. And make your Silverado HD more secure with a tonneau cover. Your Chevy dealer can help you find the right Chevy truck and accessories for you to make the most out of truck season. See your Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Joe Seafood, prime steak and stone crab. The legendary seafood restaurant of Miami Beach is right on the strip to bring you a true dining destination. Serving USDA prime steaks, quality seafood, and world-famous Florida stone crab claws defined by a standard of hospitality for over a century. Inside the forums at Caesars, Joe's offers guests an experience that is perfect for lunch, after-work cocktails, social gatherings, to late-night dining, from private, semi-private dining for both intimate and large-party gatherings. A lot of times when people are in an accident, they're afraid to leave the scene until the police have arrived. Sometimes they wait hours. In reality, most times you don't need to do this if you know how to protect yourself. I'm Justin Watkins with Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you want to know what to do when an accident happens, save our number in your phone and call us from the scene. We will talk you through it all free of charge. Call or store Battleborn in your phones today. 766-1400, anywhere in Nevada. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Lincoln Black Label is your invitation to a uniquely elevated automotive experience revolving around you, including pickup and delivery, premium maintenance, vehicle care, Lincoln Concierge, travel collection, and culinary collection. Finley Lincoln is here to surprise and delight you all the way through your effortless experience. Thinking Lincoln? Then think Finley Lincoln in the Valley Auto Mall, Nevada's only standalone Lincoln Black Label dealership. Raiders fans, Terrible's Game Day Giveaway is back, and we're teaming up with Coors Light. Shop in-store at your local participating Terribles and make a purchase of $10 or more. Go for the extra points with a Coors Light. Scan your Terribles app reward code at the register and automatically earn entries every day right to your phone. Score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree, plus a Coors Light Silver Seat experience at a Raiders home game this season. Every day is game day, exclusively at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for details. Wake up with the morning tailgate with Clay Baker. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We have a five-game sample size of five tight games. What we've seen from the Raiders, what we've seen from the Denver Broncos, because remember the NFC West used to be the division and now it was like the AFC West. I mean, are these teams really as good as we thought? 
buy from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Got a text from the 806 Q. The Giants defense are significantly better than last year and a big part of why they're winning. That worries me for obvious reasons. Graham left and now they're better. Uh, with, like you said, a bunch of no names. Simply the D. Uh, simplify the D. Got you. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, yeah, they are playing well. Don't get me wrong. I just think the talent on the Raiders' defense is much better. But, that's, I mean, it's a good point. And uh, I think the Giants are doing some good things, and Dayball's done some good things as the head coach. Them sitting there at 5-1, and one, I don't care how they're getting it done. They're at 5-1. and one. That's all that really matters. Uh, also got a text from the 707. Sure would be nice to have Mullen right now, which is going to come up every single time anything happens to any cornerback that the Raiders have. Mullen's out right now. Mullen isn't even playing for Arizona. Mullen for the season, what he did for Arizona was get two solo tackles and played in one game. That's it. That's all he's done. Every single time there's an injury, it's like, oh, sure would like to have Trayvon Mullen back. He's out. He's not even playing for the Cardinals right now. He was not going to be the answer. And I'm a guy who liked Trayvon Mullen. It's unfortunate how it all shook out. He just never recovered from that that toe, whatever issue he had. Then he went and had surgery in the offseason, and he just never got it done. And even when the Raiders traded him to Arizona, they thought, okay, maybe he's going to play. He missed a couple games then. Then he went and played, and then he's out again. It's just, I mean, he's not going to provide anything. Someone did point out, and, and matter of fact, Deshaun Reed is going to be joining the show in a little while, did say that uh, potentially maybe Anthony Averett can come back from IR this week. You know, he, he missed the first four weeks of the season, missed the first five weeks, and so he's eligible to come back. Maybe he can come back and help and provide some something for the, uh, the Raiders secondary, but... I'm sorry, Trayvon Mullen wasn't going to be the answer. Uh, one more quick text, and we'll go to the phone lines. Charlie in Montana said, Q&D, losing Hobbs is a huge loss as we're already thin in secondary, not to mention he's their best defensive back. Something the Raiders need to answer is that they can play a whole game at a high level, not just a quarter or two. Agreed 100% with that, and I, I agree. I think Hobbs is a huge loss. I really do. And I know that they have guys that could try to help fill the void. I know Meek Robertson is probably going to get more action in the slot. I have no problem with that, but at the same time, I think Nate Hobbs is a guy who's a much uh, is a big difference maker in that Raider secondary. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to OG Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's up, man? Okay, Demar. What's going on with y'all? Uh, I just want to say I'm really proud of you, Cass. I've been listening to you guys from from the beginning, and you guys have evolved. Your radio show is getting better and better week as the weeks go by. So much, much love and props to you guys. Uh, you asked, you were talking about what question would you ask earlier when I, I first got in my car on my way home from work. Yeah. My question would be, my question would be, why won't, why won't the coach take the shackles off of Derek Carr and let him run just a little bit? Be this running quarterback like the Kyler Murray's and all the rest. But if you remember, you look back at the game that we did actually win, he got some key first down with his leg. And for just like two, three days after that, all we were talking about was Derek Carr getting getting some money with his leg. We yeah. need to take the shackles off. Don't be afraid of him getting hurt. That's what the backup is for. Don't want to see him get hurt. That's my guy. But he's got to them key first and key third downs moving the chains with his leg i think that will help us win and that would be my question why won't they take the shackles off let them run some more get them first down anyway uh have fun at the oil i'm trying to get down there i'll check y'all out um and uh go raiders 
There he goes. OG Raider, thank you for the call. And I'll say this. I don't know, and that's a good question because we did talk about it when he picked up five first downs against the Broncos. That was key in, in helping the Raiders win that game. Uh, I would like to see him more mobile with his legs. I don't know if it's the coaching staff having shackles on him and not letting him run. I don't know if it's him deciding not to run or a combination of the two, right? But I would ask the question, will we see Derek Carr a little bit more mobile than what we've seen so far. I do think that that helps, to your credit. I think that that helps the team uh, and, and the offense and, and that makes the defenses be a little bit more honest because Derek Carr has the ability. He's not going to go and do what we saw last night from Jalen Hurts or he's definitely not going to do what we saw from Lamar Jackson or any of those – or Josh Allen even. you know. But just to, just to keep, keep the defense honest and let it be known that, hey, I can move around the pocket a little bit, uh, that, that would be something good. For, uh, for the Raiders and their, their offense. Let's go out to uh, Bessemer Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. Started on the podcast. Uh, but today I'm calling you to ask a question that I really never wanted to ask, and it's about Darren Waller. Okay. I've been in uh, you know some uh, Raiders groups, and there's been speculation as to his issues not uh, producing on the field. There was the whole contract issue, uh, the injuries that seemed to have come out of nowhere, not living up to his standards. And there's been some speculation out there that he may have relapsed. Have you? Yeah, th- thanks for the call. I'm not going to speculate on anything like that, and I don't mean to cut you off. I don't, I'm not going to speculate on anything like that. Um, that that goes beyond football, right? I mean, I can I could talk about a man not performing, and I don't think he's performing at the level he should. I don't think that Hunter Renfro's performing at the level that they should. But I'm not going to talk about a man's sobriety. That's not that's not my place. Now, if something comes out and we see something and hear something, then I guess all bets are off, and you can say whatever. But that's not something I'm comfortable speculating on uh, at this stage of the game because again, that's way bigger than football. I don't give a damn if the Raiders don't ever win another game. But Darren Waller, what he's doing off the field as far as his life and his sobriety, that means everything. That means everything to him. That means everything to his family, just like with Max Crosby, just like with many others across the league. Like that, I'm not going to pull a man's, uh, you know, skeletons out the closet and start hammering them because the Raiders are 1-4. I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that. Some other shock jocks, those guys on TV that yell and scream at each other, they might do that. I'm not that cat. And maybe I'm not cool because I don't do that, but I, I, won't, I won't go there. That's not, that's not me. I won't. I won't make. I won't let that happen. But uh, thank you for the call. Anyway, I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go to the text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Jason in Maryland. I like Hobbs a lot. He absolutely has the goods. I think. However, he's given up some big plays in the passing game. I'm pretty sure Rocky Seen got more passes defense than Hobbs, and that's fair. I think uh, Hobbs. I think I mentioned it on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, he had. He probably had a, a one of his a down game for Hobbs. Let's put it like that. I won't say the worst game ever. I probably said that on Tuesday just as a reaction, but he, he had a down game. I think a lot of that also had to do with the injuries and the fact that he was banged up and out there trying to play with a broken hand. So, you know, there's some of that there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think Rock is good. I don't know. My problem with Rock, and I guess it's not really just Rock and it's not exclusive to him, it's the fact I don't see him making a bunch of plays as far as, like, turning the ball over, where at least I believe Nate's going to go out there and make a play. 
Now, has he? No. <laughs> right? So I, I guess, again, it's going back to just, you know, speculating on what a guy can do opposed to what he has done. I mean, so far the only defensive backs that have made any plays have been uh, Jerron Harmon and Amik Robertson. They both came up with interceptions. But it just feels to me like Nate is the guy that's going to get in there and make a few more, more tackles. But I understand what you're saying. Uh, got a text from the 209 Q. Just got out of work. Heard about Hobbs. Not good at all. What's it, look, what's it looking like trade-wise? Heard a few names from either Jacksonville or Commanders. Uh, should the Raiders do it? Uh, I don't know. That's and thank you for the text. I don't know. That's something that I th- I talked about. Is that I think that Dave Ziegler and company should be looking up and down those rosters of the teams that aren't very good, you know. And, and when I mean very good, I mean the teams that are just bad, you know, like the Carolina Panthers. We'll be talking to Sheena Quick coming up at 4:30 to see if there's somebody potentially there that the Raiders could go make a move for. You know, I think they have a lot of guys and a lot of talent on their team. They're just uh, absolute disaster. And really the guy that I was uh, pulling for, thinking he was going to be a good head coach, and Matt Rule is the, is the reason that they're there in that situation. So, uh, you know, maybe the commanders have a guy. Maybe Jacksonville. Jacksonville actually believes that they have a decent team right now. Right? I saw someone text me last week and say, hey, the, the Raiders need to go out and make a move for Quentin Williams with the Jets. The Jets are winning. They're not going to go and make a move right now with any of their guys. They, they believe in their guys, and Quentin Williams had a monster day. He had a monster day yesterday. I don't know if you watched the game, but, man, Quentin Williams was fantastic. Right? I mean, he, he got more sacks yesterday than the Raiders' interior defensive line has all season. I mean, process that for a minute. Right? I mean, I like what the defensive tackles have done as far as slowing down the run, stopping the run, and they're going to have to do that on Sunday against uh, Pierce because Pierce is a hell of a running back for the Texans. But, man, they don't have not one sack under their, under their belt. And the Raiders only have eight as a team. Six of those belong to Max Crosby, one to Denzel Perryman, and one to Nate Hobbs. Got a text from Mailman Raider. Q, who does Carolina have at quarterback? Go after one decent and ask them to throw in Terrence Marshall for free, LOL. Yeah, that's again, that's, uh, that's why we're having Sheena on. You know, and that's why I know people get mad sometimes when I talk about other teams or I start to do a little bit of background. I like to know about teams. I like to know about expectations. I like to talk to teams that, you know, or people that cover teams that there may be something later on down the road that, you know, could be significant. Well, Carolina has a roster. They have some guys. They might, you know. There might be someone on there that Dave Ziegler is looking at and eyeing right now. We may learn about him at 430 when we talk to Sheena, talking all things Panthers. So thank you so much for that. Uh, let's see. We got Q with Mailman Raider also said, Q with Hobbs down. Does this make a meek cornerback number two? It makes him the surefire slot receiver or slot corner for sure, right? He's going to be out there, no doubt about it. Uh, also got one from the 510. Josh Jacobs has three red zone touchdowns. Yep, he sure does. Uh, and it took forever before the Raiders got their first uh, rushing touchdown. Matter of fact, it took to what, game four against Denver? Wasn't it game four before they got their first rushing touchdown? That's a, uh, that's a problem, too. Uh, got a text from the 408. Not being negative, I want the Raiders to win so bad, I want you to be right. But we got two receivers running into each other. Kelsey wide open four times. Waller running wrong routes a couple weeks ago. Ten men on the field. We look confused. That's why we ain't winning. But again, I hope you come on the radio in a couple weeks and say I told you so because the Raiders do turn it around. Thank you so much for that text. And I'll say this. I'll never come on the radio and say I told you so. Even when I feel like I'm right about something or I'm proven to be right about something, I'll never come on and say I told you so because that's the worst. I feel like that that's the worst thing people could ever say. Like everyone gets tired of that guy, right? The I told you so guy. I can't stand those guys. I'll never say that. But I just I just think that it's too early in the season to say that this team is, you know, is cooked and let's start talking about the draft. Now, hell, it might be, you know, another handful of games go by and you don't see any improvement from this team. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, here we go. It's one of those years again. It was so fun last year, not talking about the draft till actually the season was over. 
I mean, I literally never brought up the draft until after the playoff game against the Bengals. That was awesome. That was the first time in years that it happened. That was great, right? I would love to see that again. So we'll see what happens. You know, again, you know, whenever I say that the team is really good and you look at the record and see that they're 1-4, I totally get it. I totally understand why you'd roll your eyes and say, no, they're not really good. They're 1-4 because you are exactly what your record says you are. I totally get that. I just sometimes I look at it and say that, you know, like last year the team won games that they probably had no business winning, but they found ways to win games. They, you know, walked off a bunch of games. The close ones they were winning this year they're not. So I just think it's the difference between a, a couple plays here, a couple plays there that are really getting it done. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, this is the part. I never like saying that there's a, a stretch in the schedule that's easy, but since everyone's kind of coined this as the, the winnable, the manageable games, the next few stretch, we'll see what happens after that few stretch is over. If you're looking up and they have two wins on the season, three wins on the season, after that easy stretch, then all bets are off, right? All bets are off. Then you're just like, okay, you're, you're damned. You know, you're, you're not going to get it done. It's not going to happen. And then that could become a problem. So love to hear from you, though. 69187, keyword R&R. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I think Don just delivered some food. Looking like she got a big brown bag of some food she delivered up here to us while we're hanging out. Of course, if you have any drinks that you need, Vegas Jess is over there killing those drinks. He's pounding them. And funny story about Vegas Jess. No, you know what? We'll save that funny story. I got Deshaun Reed coming up at 3.30, uh, coming up next, or not coming up at 3.30 exactly, to talk about Matt Collins. We'll ask him about Nate Hobbs. But we'll talk about Vegas Jess and how he injured me over the weekend. We'll talk about that next here on Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Here we are inside the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. It's our Monday night football spot. You got to come on by and hang out with us. Of course, the Chargers and the Broncos will be taking the screens a little bit later, taking the field. little AFC West battle. Of course, the Chargers are 3-2, and two, and the Broncos are 2-3. and three. So somebody in the AFC West is going to lose, and it's not going to be the Raiders. So that's a good thing, right? So somebody loses. I like that. It's funny, man. And we have Tashawn Reed from The Athletic coming up at 3.30. Last week on Friday, I think the question was, what are you going to do with your weekend since it's a bye? And you don't have to – there's no Raider football. And then for me in particular, I normally do ESPN national shows on Saturday night, game night. I usually do that show. And because of baseball postseason, I didn't have that either. So I really was confused on what I'm going to do all weekend. Well, Friday after I left Buffalo Wild Wings, a shout-out to the fine folks there, and they came by and said, what's up? I do appreciate them. Uh, I went to my man Vegas Jess, his daughter and family. They uh, they had a there was a little event where uh, his daughter Taylor was performing, and it was Animal Farm or Animal House, Animal Farm. Okay, Animal Farm. Uh, I always get those two confused. Anyway, she did a great job in the play, and then after that, we all said, "Hey, man, let's go get some pizza. Let's take it back to the house. We'll watch whatever. You know, we'll just kick it and hang out at the house. Just make a peaceful Friday night. Cool. Sounds good. No problem." So we did that. And, you know, one thing happens, leads to another, and you start talking some trash, and you start talking some trash back. And all of a sudden, I decided, I don't know why, I think Jason is a broader, shout out to Twilight, by the way. Uh, Jason was with us. I think he shouted out something like, too bad you guys don't have a football, man. We can run some routes or something. And I said, oh, I do have a football. So I went upstairs to my, uh, t- to my office, and I had the Hall of Fame football with Cliff Branch. I was like, nope, can't use that. I had an Allegiant Stadium football. I said, nope, can't do that. And then I had, and this is how it all comes together, I had a Modelo football that was a Raiders Nerf football that I got from where? 
The Oyo, the Underground Lounge, right here where I sit today. This was a prize that I had from last year sitting there at the house. So I said, hey, hey, guys, I found a football. So I come running downstairs, and I throw it to Jason. He's like, oh, let's go out and run some routes. Okay, cool. So it's me, Vegas Jess, and Jason. And I was like, well, I'm all-time DB. I'm not, I don't want to play offense. I just DBs win games. That's what I do. So I all of a sudden was getting my – I thought I was like Charles Woodson or something, right? I thought I was going to get my Charles Woodson on. Uh, or I, was, I thought I was going to get a healthy Nate Hobbs on. That's to put it like that since he's a current player. I thought I was going to be Nate Hobbs. So I go out there, and Jess is throwing the football at first, and I'm going up against Jason, a.k.a. Twilight. And I'm, I'm man-pressing him, man. I'm man-pressing him. Like, there's no, there's no soft coverage in my, in my world, brother. So, man, Jess says hike, and I'm boom. You know, I hit him. I hit him a couple times, right? He has no chance. Incomplete. I'm, you know, so every, every rep – that I, I cause an incompletion. I'm getting a little louder. Like I am right now. I'm getting excited right now telling the story. I'm looking good, man. Next route, boom! Hit him with two hands off the line of scrimmage, right? Almost knock him into his own car, right? He has no, he has, yeah, it was funny. But he, he has no chance. So then he's like, all right, well, then you switch. So then he goes and decides he's going to throw, and I'm going to go up against Vegas Jess. No problem. He's a little bit stronger. He's got a little bit more size to him. Not height, but just a little bit more size. You know, he's, a little, he's got a little old man strength. He might be a couple years older than me. First, first route, Jess is taking it easy, right? He runs a little two-yard route. So I'm all over him, man. You got five yards to beat him up. I'm all over him. Boom, break up the ball. Perfect. So now I'm three for three, all break up. So I'm like, DBs win games. Remember, this is outside in front of my house at night. So I'm up here. I'm fired up, man. So the next route, I'm really digging in, and I'm really going to beat Jess up off the line of scrimmage. Jason says hike, and I boom, I hit Jess, and boom, Jess hits me back, Right? I start to try to turn and run with him a little bit, and he gives me a, just a slight little push in the small of the back, and it was a wrap. All you heard was pat, 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 which was my feet trying to stay underneath me, and all of a sudden I go down. I got a white polo shirt on. I got white Nikes on, and I'm laying face first in the, on the ground out of there, done. Like I'm laying in the middle of the street, just done. Like I didn't even try to – you know how you try to play it off when you fall and you try to jump up real quick? I didn't even try. I just laid there. The wife – Jess's wife, Jason, everyone's on the driveway dying laughing, recording the whole thing. They have this thing on video. Mm. And I'm laying there, and I'm just like, yeah, something that's not going to get tweeted out, by the way. So I'm laying there, <laughs> done. White shirt is dark. Hands are ripped up. And I, I, pull a, I, I look at the palm of my hands, and I got, like, I look like I just, I mean, I look like I got holes in my hand. Look, right? Look like someone shot me in my hand. It's so, so jacked up pinky got a chunk of my pinky taken off like like I was done bad man they, they I, I did I did bad so I laid there and then I can't breathe like all of a sudden like my chest is tight I can't breathe like I mean old man old man syndrome kicks in where everything that could go wrong went wrong so I stand up and I go to my driveway and I'm now I'm laying on my back on the driveway and Jess is like hey man you okay and I'm like yes I'm fine and so then but you know what I said did you catch the ball he's like no I said all right good in another incompletion so even though he pushed off, and it was offensive pass interference. It wasn't called, but even though it was OPI, I still didn't allow a completion. I thought he would have had a touchdown, but there was no touchdown. So, yeah, so now, so all weekend long, I had to nurse a bad hand, a jacked-up knee. Apparently, when I finally got into the house and I went and laid down on the floor in the kitchen, apparently, and I don't remember this part, apparently I might have changed the, the culture of the wind or the air that was in the, in the uh, kitchen as well. If you know what I mean, like the like the the smell in the house might have been a little different. I don't remember that part, but that's what they say. 
So Tamon's looking at me like I'm so confused. I'll try to no, keep no, it, no. I'll try to keep it clean for the radio. <laughs> so lesson is, I wasn't Nate Hobbs. I was Ain't Hobbs. <laughs> this might be the best story you've ever told on the air. I wasn't Dion. I was Leon, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's who I realized I was, right? You know, in that moment, what did we say, Damon? And that was the moment where I knew it was all bad. That's <laughs> right when Jess gave me that little slight push, again, nothing bad. I would have done that push if not more, right? And I probably did. But there's just enough gravel in our street, and there's just enough, like, loose dirt that it just tripped me up. And, Damon, all you can hear, no joke, you can hear my feet trying to catch myself. Like, 25-year-old Q would not have fallen because I would have known what to do. But 45-year-old Q was like, I ain't got nothing for you, dog. <laughs> 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 You're going down, brother. <laughs> I ain't got nothing for you. Your body just said, hey, man. Hey, man. Today's not our day. Today ain't our day, man. You just going to catch this L. So, <laughs> so I did. But he didn't catch the ball. Story is, he didn't catch the ball. So I was good. Hold on, I gotta ask because we know we if, for people who don't know, Q is pretty fast, still at forty five years old. But why were you being so cocky with all this press when you know that you fast enough that I just wanted to beat him up on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I just was showing up. It's that's what happened. We started talking technique in the kitchen, and I was telling Jason, "Well, this is how when you press man, you got to do it like this." And so I just took that to the outside, and I got a little little too far ahead of myself. And realize that what I see on film, I should just keep there on film and not try to practice it myself. There's a reason I talk about football, and I don't play football. So there was that. So that was my fail for the weekend. But I'm okay, obviously. Obviously, I'm fine. Vegas Jess is here, so, you know, there's no, no harm, no foul. We watched UNLV the next night get whooped. We watched Devin Haney put on a whooping on, uh, what's his name, Cambosis. So, I mean, you know, all good. That UNLV part didn't have to come out. I know, my bad. I did say, no joke, when, when the wife taped up my hand the next day, I did take a picture and send it to Jess and said, all right, I'm ready for you now if you want some more. <laughs> 329 is the time. We'll come back. Talk to Tashawn Reed from The Athletics, Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The Underground Lounge is the spot that we're at inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. It's our Monday night spot. Of course, the Chargers and the Broncos will be kicking off in just a little while. You can watch all the action here on uh, at the at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo. So come on by, get hooked up with some of these prizes and some of these drink specials and food specials that we have all night long. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend from The Athletic, Tashawn Reed. And Tashawn, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I wanted to have you on to talk about the great piece you put out on The Athletic about Mac Hollins, but just a little while ago we found out about Nate Hobbs going on IR. He's going to be out at least four weeks. How significant of a loss is that for the Raiders? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, their, their defense, you know, as a collective this year, really the only standout playmakers, I would say, was, has been Max Crosby and then Nate Hobbs in a secondary and uh, you know, he's not the only injury they've had back there. Anthony Averett, you know, the cornerback they added this offseason that was going to enter the season to starter. He got hurt in week one, and he's still on IR. He is eligible to return this week, so we'll see if you know he's able to offset that loss to Hobbs a little bit. But, you know, just his versatility, his ability to play inside and outside as a corner, um, and his playmaking both in the run game and the pass game. Um, you know, he's also a guy that plays a leadership role, even though he's a young guy, only a second-year player, but he's a big voice on this team. Um, and so it's a big loss, especially coming, you know, as the Raiders go into this stretch, it was really, you know, make or break time. If they don't come out of the, these next few games, I would say, you know, 500 or better, uh, you know, you pretty much forget about the playoffs. And so 
any playmaker you have that, that you're without for a lengthy stretch, like they will be without him. That's, that's a huge deal. Again, we're talking with Tashawn Reed from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Tashawn, I started the show and I said that the Raiders are a good team, even though I know their record is 1-4, and four, and that's not good. But I feel like the talent on the, is on the team to be good. Uh, do you do you think that this team has a – I mean, like you said, the stretch that they have right now is a stretch that you feel like they can win a significant amount of games. Do they look like a team that has enough talent to be good, or are they just – are they just kind of lost? I think good is a strong word. I think they, they seem like an average to like above average team, which, okay. you know, sounds rough, but that's most of the NFL right now. I mean, you look at how many teams are 500 or right around 500. Or there really aren't too many teams that look to be good, you know, yeah, in the true. traditional sense, um, which, you know, kind of helps them out. Um, so, you know, they aren't too far behind in the AFC rankings as a whole and AFC West more specifically. But But even with that being said, I mean, you know, they, they are one and four, you know, right. and, you know, top of the worst record in the league, you know, it doesn't really get too much worse than that, obviously. And I mean, these opponents that they have going up against next, you know, the Texans, the Saints, the Jaguars, the Colts. I mean, I'm not saying that you can guarantee wins against all, any of those teams, but if this is a team that's serious about doing anything, you know, after week 18, they got to win most of it, if not all of this, this, these next four games. Um, and, you know, I think we'll have the answer to your question, <laughs> you know, about a, by the time they play their next, next AFC West game against the Broncos. But, yeah, it just seems like they're, they're a team, like, they're, they're talented. Like, they have individual players who stand out. You know, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Darren Wall, you know, the list goes on. But when you look at the, the, the units as a whole and offense and defense, they're all holes. You know, on, on yeah. offense, you know, even though the offensive line has been better than we expected, that's still not a strength. On defense, you know, the interior pass rush has pretty much been non-existent. Um, you know, their secondary has been up and down. Part of it has been, been because of injuries, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and, and so they do still have those roster holes where, I, you know, I'm not necessarily certain saying that, you know, it's a contending roster or, or a good roster or a echelon roster, but they're better than one and four. You know, I, I do feel confident saying that. You know, I mean, all these losses have been by one score. Uh, they've been in every game. Um, and in a couple games, they, you know, Cardinals and the Chiefs, they got out the big lead. Um, early on, and so they're definitely not a, a bad team, right. but I think they're somewhere in between that range, between good and bad. No, that makes sense. Again, we're talking with Tashawn Reed from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you put out a piece on Matt Collins that I thought was really good. I saw it at the, uh, at the end of last week. Uh, how Raiders Matt Collins has become much more than a standout special teamer, and you got a chance to talk to his dad, talk to coaches, talk to Mac. What did you learn the most about Matt Collins while you are putting this piece together? Yeah, I think, you know, because it's, it's almost been like a revelation year for him, right? I mean, he's always been a special teams guy. And, uh, he has a breakout, especially against the Titans, was, was you know, kind of the eye-opener game for him and, and, and him playing at a level that people had never seen. But, you know, why that production hasn't been there since he's been in the NFL, he's pretty much always been that same dude. You know, whether, whether you're talking on the field or, you know, the guy that has boxes of ramen in his locker and <laughs> knows all these weird facts about nature and has all these obscure interests, like, you know, he's pretty much made his way about his remaining the same guy, which it sounds simple and kind of cliche, but, you know, you see it a lot. Like, certain guys get to the league and then their work ethic drops off, and then that's why they don't, don't end up producing. And even though, you know, Eagles, he was a special teams guy, Dolphins, special teams guy, you know, he kept at it. Um, the coaching staff really, you know, gave him a lot of credit for, for how he approached things when he signed this offseason. It really was a prudent deal. I mean, it was a one-year deal for not all that much money, but... Um, you know, he, he really refined, you know, the fine tune of the game in terms of playing receiver and, and carved out a role for himself in his offense. And, um, you know, he didn't have, didn't have his best game against the Chiefs. He dropped a potential touchdown, but, 
Um, he, he definitely become a force um, on this team. And he'll pick up the slack, you know, especially with some other people in the pass catcher group. You know, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, not necessarily getting out for the starts that you would have expected. Um, he just really helped keep that passing offense afloat. And overall, I think just with his personality, that lively personality, and a guy that works as hard as, as he does, that that kind of stuff, you know, matters when it comes to the locker room and and keeping that morale up and keeping spirits up when you do have a team that. You know, as I think we all agree they're, they're better than one and four, but the record is the record. Yep. Um, and, and when the record is that way, you know, the locker room can, can take a turn, you know, for the, for the not so good. And when you have guys like that, you know, it kind of helps keep things together. And, and, and definitely, I mean, he's a named the captain, you know, for a reason going into the season before he even got off to that good start. And, um, you know, both on and off the field, he, he's playing a big role for them. What did you think of uh, what his dad said? At age 18, it's either going to the military or you're going to go to college. And obviously, <laughs> he chose to go to college. What do you think of that? Hey, man, as a, as a black man, that's something that, that sounded very familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew going through high school, I had to figure out something by the time 18 rolled around. You know, it wasn't going to be no sitting at the crib. Even if you had a job, you got to get out. So, hey, man, you know, college or the military, that's pretty much it. So, right. <laughs> hey, I, I respect keeping it real with him, you know, and yeah. holding him to it. And obviously, you know, on a serious note, that, that did, you know, motivate him and push him to commit to that grind of going to a postgraduate school, a military academy, mm-hmm. um, which isn't what most <laughs> high school prospects coming out want to do. And then walking on at North Carolina and playing right. special teams and eventually carving out a role, like, you know, that whole commitment, you know, it wasn't like, you know, Matt didn't come from, you know, the poverty or anything like that, but having that, that mindset of, I got to do this. Otherwise, you know, uh, I'm really having an alternative. It's something that's carried with him throughout his entire athletic career. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I thought that was really cool when I was reading that in your piece. Again, we're talking with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic, talking about his piece that he wrote on Mac Hollins. And I didn't know that he was a, a defensive back or he had been, you know, a defensive back. And then he walked on and ended up becoming a special teamer and a wide receiver. I think that's pretty significant as well to be able to find a way to go from being on the defensive side of things to the offensive side of things. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he played both ways at the uh, postgrad academy, um, you know, and you know, he he, I mean, he told me he was like, you know, I didn't. He wanted to play receiver, but that you know, that's, that's what the walk-on spot was, and mm-hmm. you know, he just went with that. And he he did have scholarship offers elsewhere in terms of a B two schools, a lower level school, so he didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so he just just trusted in his own ability. He you know, he was like he's confident in the land of scholarship and do what he has to do to be able to get to where he wants to be. And um, you know. I mean, that's obviously a level of confidence and speaking what you want into existence and uh, just showing his willingness to, to do whatever the team, you know, may need him to do to have an impact on the field. I mean, he hasn't played special teams as much this year. I think just naturally from playing, you know, most of the snaps on offense, almost never coming off the field. But if they wanted him out there, you know, playing coverage and kick return and basically playing all four phases on special teams, he'd do it. And the way that he, you know, conditions his body and how hard he works, you know, he can do that while, while still not tapering off on offense. And so... Uh, just speaks to his overall work ethic and, and, and doing what's best for the team. And again, these are all things that are that are cliches, not necessarily um, something you never heard of, you right. know, for for athletes. But um, he's a guy that you can really see it, um, you know, tangibly um, lead to results for him in his personal life. You know, we know that uh, Derek Carr, from covering the team long enough, we know he throws the ball to who he trusts and who he has a good relationship with. It seems like he he got that trust with Mac Hollins really quickly. Do you have any understanding on why they were able to gel so quick? I don't know. I think it's just, you know, I think with Derek, he's always a guy that he has to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like before 
before he's going to give you certain opportunities in certain situations. And I think he saw it enough, you know, throughout those training camp practices. Um, we, we saw Mac, he was a guy that, in those joint practices with the Patriots, a guy that was making plays downfield, um, short field. And so even though they didn't play in the preseason, um, and he was able to see that through those constant repetitions and practices and seeing his constant level of effort to where he's like, all right, I trust this guy. And, and you know, once the game's hit, and I mean, like I said, we saw it the most during that Titans game. I mean, they were, they were almost beating him down the stretch when they needed, you know, a, a big play, and, and he rose to the occasion. And really on third down, fourth down, those kind of situations, you know, obviously Devontae Adams is, is the number one, but, you know, Matt Collins is another guy he trusted in, in those situations. And, uh, you know, it's going a long way. We've seen that, you know, him develop that with, with some receivers that came in in short order before. Nelson Aguilar, I would say, is probably yeah. the, the example that's come up the most. Um, the first year in Vegas, and we're kind of seeing, you know, it's only, only five games into it, but we're seeing that start to develop with Matt Collins as well. Yeah, no, we really are. Again, we're talking with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So as far as uh, um, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro go, I know injury has been an issue of why they haven't been on the field consistently and been out there playing, but uh, have you been surprised about the early struggles from those two? Yeah, I think overall just the lack of – I would say rhythm from the past in offense. Um, it just seems like something's off. Even with Devontae early on, he's put up these big numbers, but the efficiency hasn't been what it normally is. When you talk about his catch rate and yards per route run and kind of those more analytical numbers when you look past the, the receiving yards and the touchdowns. And, um, you know, Darren Waller, you know, he's been nag- that the hamstring injury has been nagging at him since, since training camp. And, you know, unfortunately, Hunter Renfro missed a couple games with concussion. So, uh, you know, I think with them, it's kind of hard to build a rhythm when you're, you're not out there consistently. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. If they didn't play in the preseason, they kind of didn't have as many reps um, as they normally would have. And for Waller, you know, since he missed, missed so much of training camp, him in particular, I think um, that, that that probably played more of a factor than the preseason games themselves. But uh, they, they kind of seem out of sorts, you know? I mean, um, even and that's for the overall offense, you know, kind of like they were – not really running the ball early on, and then all of a sudden the last couple of games are like the best running team in the league, right? So <laughs> it seems like yeah. they're kind of still in the process of figuring things out, and that happens sometimes. I mean, they are adjusting to a new system for the first time in a long time. They were in a Gruden system for a while, um, and, and while Josh McDaniels' system has some similarities, it, it is quite different, and they all have different roles and responsibilities now, and they, they also have to learn how to you know, there's a different planet that, that everything's orbiting around now with Devontae Adams, right? And so Darren Waller goes from the number one to the number two, and Hunter Renfro's taking a step back. And so it's not it's not Madden, right? You, know, right. you, you think you just plug in this guy and like, all right, well, automatically going to be better. But, you know, it yeah. takes some time to figure the things out. Nobody wants to hear that, especially when you're winning for it. Right. Like they don't really have a margin for error anymore. And, you know, a lot of that has been – they haven't been able to close out games. But, you know, that, that offense, you know, it's just something that's, that's time on pass. There's really no way to – I think McDaniel says it a lot. There's really no shortcuts, you know, with it. They just kind of have to take their lumps along the way. And I do think, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, whether they, you know, are playoff contender or not, I do think we'll see, you know, the offense start to gel and come into form and more more so resemble, you know, what we expected to see coming into uh, coming into the year. And so I think it might have just been really more so expectations on our part, maybe overselling it a little bit and thinking that it was automatically all going to come together right away and, be amazing right from the jump. Like, ideally, that's what they wanted, right? But that rarely happens in the NFL. Usually it does take some time, and I think we are seeing that with them now. Yeah, I, I know I was guilty of that. My expectations were a lot higher. I thought that they were going to come in and just really, you know, be, be on fire, even even 
not a great team immediately, but they're going to work their way into being great, at least on offense. And so, yeah, my, my expectations were definitely overblown for this team. And, Tashawn, finally, before we let you go, wanted to ask about this week's game against the Texans, a game that's very winnable, but it's also the NFL, so we know how that goes. Uh, what do the Raiders, in your opinion, have to do this Sunday to get the win against Houston? Yeah, you know, I mean, the Texans are one of those, you know, but they are a bad team. I do think the Texans are a bad team. I will say that. Yeah. But, you know, they, they did beat the Chargers pretty handily, who happened to beat the Raiders this year. So, you know, things can happen. Uh, things get weird. But um, really, it's just they have to find a way to close games, right? We've seen them, you know, get out to these leads, these three-score leads, start games well. And then in second halves, they just can't pull away if they are up or if they get back into a game, they, they can't pull it out at the end outside of that Broncos game. Really, that was the only one. And so, you know, whether it's whether they get up big early or it's a contested game, like, they have to be able to close out better in second quarters and find more consistency, really, on both sides of the ball. They've been hot or cold. We've talked about the offense a lot, but the defense has also been hot, hot or cold. Yeah. They've, they've had stretches where they can't stop anybody, and then they might get five stops in a row. And so, overall, it's just finding consistency and being the same team from start to finish, I think, because they haven't done that so far this season. And, you know, especially against an opponent like, a Tex- like the Texans. If they can't do that against what I think is probably the worst team in the league, then, you know, I, th- I think we have a, a pretty good answer about how the rest of the season is going to play out. Yeah, man. Uh, man, oh, man. I can only imagine coming in here uh, mo- Monday following that if that were to happen against Houston because <laughs> they are not a very good team, but that's why they play the games. Well, Tashawn, great stuff as always. You got something coming out on The Athletic that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, not pre-planned, but, you know, okay. come to The Athletic anyway, subscribe, and we'll see. <laughs> like you said, we'll see uh, what the next week holds. Uh, depending on how things go, might have some some things for Raiders fans to hate read over there. So uh, <laughs> just, just come and follow along as we, as we figure out this journey. No doubt about it. Well, again, man, your piece on how Raiders' uh, Matt Collins has become much more than the standout special teamer was fantastic on The Athletic. We definitely appreciate you sharing some time this afternoon. Appreciate you having me, man. No doubt. There he goes. Tashawn Reed from The Athletic on Twitter, at Tashawn Reed. And, again, if you have not read his piece on Mac Hollins, it really goes into great detail. Like, we didn't break down every nook and cranny of the piece uh, because that's why you got to go read it. But, I mean, it was really good. Just talks about his childhood, talks about his pops, talks about, you know, everything, that his journey walking on at North Carolina, you know, walking on as a def- defensive back in North Carolina. I mean, just all kinds of different things that Mac Hollins has gone through. But uh, a lot of really good stuff. From Tashawn Reed. So, I, again, I encourage you to go check it out on The Athletic. 347 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Many thanks to Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Join us in the last segment. Talk about his piece on Mac Hollins that he put out. Also give us his thoughts on the Houston Texans that are coming to town on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Of course, excited to be back in uh, Legion Stadium for another football game. Another week of NFL action. Can't believe it'll already be week seven, but here we are. Raiders just coming off their bye week. Got a lot of football left to be played. Twelve more weeks, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that the Raiders make it interesting so everyone stays locked in for the next 12 weeks, like we saw a season ago, right? Last year, it went all the way down to week 18, not just for the Raiders, but for many teams in the league. One, that's what the NFL is hoping for. They're hoping for as much parity as possible, and they're getting it. I mean, right now, if you look across the league, there's not a whole lot of teams that are just heads and tails way better than the other teams, right? I had my, my buddy CK from uh, Fox Sports in Fresno. He was actually at Devontae Adams' uh, retirement, jersey retirement on, on Saturday, 
he uh, he had me on. We were talking earlier before this show, and he asked me. He's like, "Well, when you look across the league at the teams, who's the ones that are heads over heads over heels like way better than the other teams?" And I was like, "Well, the Bills are really good. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, are good. I don't think that they're like great, but they're they're good. I mean, you know that they're they're good. So I, okay, I'll put them in the really good category." And you know, start looking at. It, I was like, "Well, the Eagles are six and zero." So they're really good, but, you know, it's like, I mean, like, I, I really hesitated to, to answer because I, I wasn't really sure, which goes to the parody of the NFL right now, right? And then you have the Raiders with a lot of talent that has a chance to be good, but haven't got it done yet. It's in there at 1-4, and four, and so, obviously, that's their issue. They've got to go ahead and try to win one game at a time. Mailman Raider hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Q with the Chiefs losing, and if the Chargers lose, I think the Raiders take a dub during the bye week. Got to get it where you can get it, right? You're absolutely right, Mailman Raider. And that's why I said earlier, uh, and I, I wasn't sure who Raider Nation was pulling for tonight, If and I guess pulling is the, probably the wrong word, but who the rooting interest was for tonight. And I thought it was the, the, the Broncos just to even up the, the records with the Chargers and the Broncos. They'd both be sitting there at 3-3, three and three, and the Raiders obviously there at 1-4, and four, and the, the Chiefs there now at 4-2. and two. And you're right. The Raiders would definitely take a, a, you know, a dub in the, in the bye week if, if that were to happen and shake out this way. But, man, take it a step further. If they had won that damn game on Monday night, could you imagine what the records would look like overall if, if the Chargers were to lose tonight? And then all of a sudden the, the Chiefs would be sitting there with three total losses and the Chargers would be sitting there with three total losses and the Broncos would be there with three total losses and the Raiders would be there with three. To- I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm dragging it out so you understand what a huge opportunity the Raiders missed on Monday night by losing to the Chiefs. They had just won that game, and I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you two-point conversion it up. I don't care if you, whatever. However, I mean, we don't never have to agree on how they get it done. If they had got it done, what we could be talking about today, this game that we're watching tonight, Monday Night Football, would be so huge for the existence right now of the team, knowing that they have, uh, you know, they have Houston coming to town and have the potential of being 3-3 three and three overall as well. But, unfortunately, they don't have that chance. Now they only have the opportunity to be 2-4 and four if they come away with the victory. And that, they have to go and get the victory. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick talk to Raider Mac. What's on your mama, man? Welcome to the show. What up, Q? What's up, Demar? Chilling, hey, man, chilling. Uh, man, 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 man. Hey, great story. I love to hear your stories, man. <laughs> That's funny as heck, bro. Hey, couple of things. I, I, I just, I, I just want to touch bases. Now, I know everybody keeps saying, well, well we – you know, the losses is okay. But the problem is is that the tiebreaker in the AFC, we yep. done lost three AFC um, games, and at the end of the season, it's going to come down. I, I think it's going to come down to on um, the AFC tiebreaker. And you know how these tiebreakers are. they really they real complicated, so there's a lot of stuff going into it. Second thing, second thing Q, we, we, uh, this game is not a gimme game. I said it before against the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm saying it again this time. This is not a gimme game. You gotta come and play. I don't care who you play. You gotta win this game. This is a when I say must win. This I, I don't never say must win, but this is a must win because you are in the AFC. This is an AFC opponent again, so you need to win. You gotta win so you can keep track. Not just because of, of the other stuff, but. But the tiebreakers and other stuff yep. in the AFC, and that's all I have to say. Hey, uh, good good job, you guys doing a great job, man. We love we love how y'all doing it, man, and, and keep it keep it up. 
Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate you. And, yeah, man, that's a big key. You hit it right on the head. The AFC losses. It's one thing to lose, but the AFC losses, as opposed to last year when the Raiders won early in the season. Remember, go back to the schedule, and they won all those AFC games. That gave them a, a, a leg up uh, last season, right? They had a great opportunity at the end of the year because you knew that, hey, they won all these games in the conference. Now they're losing all these AFC games. So the, not only losing division games, but also losing games in, their, uh, in the conference in general is all bad. So they've, they've got to... They've got to find a way to, to get things turned around uh, quick, fast, and hurry. But those could come back to, uh, to really haunt the team uh, later on moving forward. And, uh, yeah, here we go. We've got a, we've got a, good, uh, a good time going on here at the Oyo. Oh, down, down goes, down goes Frazier. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break. 356 is the time. Come on out here. Hang out with us. <laughs> We're having a hell of a time. Uh, from the beginning to the end, that's what we do. The Underground Lounge with Radio Nation Radio 920.